We're Mujeres on a Mission. We are three Mujeres that met in the immigrant rights movement. We are on a mission to share our experiences through popular education and share our perspective on the mainstream immigrant rights movement. Hello everybody and welcome to Mujeres on a Mission. Uh, today is going to be a minisode known as La Novela. This is Fabi. And this is Lupita. And we want to thank you so much for joining us today. Um, so we're going to go ahead and start off with some chelas and chisme. Although today we're being fancy. We have some uh, pizza, some pasta, some rosé. We're being fancy bitches today. <laughs> like that $5 rosé. $5, $5 rosé. That's how you know we're fancy. Yeah, courtesy of... Oh, and we have, we have see-through glasses uh, too, so... We're fancy. fancy. Not wine glasses. If anybody wants to send us some wine glasses, by all means, please. Uh, my address is... No. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to be like, we don't even have a P.O. box. Yeah, we don't. But I think as we grow, like we'll be able to have some have more Have a P.O. box. Yes. So, okay. So, no chalas and chisme, because that sounds, that sounds too down right now. It sounds too hood. It's we being fancy. We're being fancy bitches. Uh, mm-hmm. So, what is it? Vinito... Vinito y charla. There you go. Oh, oh, that's the fancy version of it. Yeah, I like it. vinito I like y charla. That's when we're feeling fancy. <laughs> Alright, mujer. So vinito y charla. ¿Cómo estás? How are you? I'm 25 now. So. Oh yes. Actually, alright. Yesterday was the homegirl's birthday. So if y'all can help us, Le Cantamos said happy birthday. Oh my God. <laughs> Do you want the English version or you want the Spanish version? I don't know. Not las mañanitas because that shit takes like 20, 20 days. That's 20, that's that's a long one. <laughs> Por cuate cantamos, like happy birthday to you. Aww. And now I'll sing the Spanish version, sapo verde eres tu. <laughs> oh my God. But it's funny because this whole time I thought I was already 25. <laughs> and I was like telling my mom I was like oh my god like I'm gonna be 26 and she was like wait like you're not gonna be 26 you're gonna be 25 oh my god. and then I was like no I'm gonna be 26 and she's like no she's like fucking kid I give birth to you I would know <laughs> you know she gave me that face oh my god if there's someone that you shouldn't doubt it'll probably be yeah. your mom yeah she like I came out of her, so she knows. But she was like, no, dude. You're gonna... Yeah. So I was 25 this whole time. No, you're 24 this <laughs> yeah, whole time. Yeah, but I thought I was 25. Oh. So, yeah. Damn. I'm all like, it's evicted. They think they're all older now. <laughs> and your mom's like, calmate. Like, calmate. You're 25. Chill out. Because she was probably like... Because my parents got married and they had me. Mm-hmm. So she was like, I didn't fucking have you at a wedlock, kid. <laughs> like, like she gets, she, she was like, I had you. And the traditions come in clutch. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, mm-mm, I had you do it on when. Like, I was married when I had you, kid. But yeah. It was, <laughs> then she like, yeah, she also got offended. She's like, mm-mm. No. No. But yeah, it was chill. Mm-hmm. I went to Applebee's and I got a shark bowl. Mm-hmm. So it was nice. Good, good start to my 26. Yeah, that sounds nice. Yeah, and then I started school. I don't know. You started school too, right? Yeah. So I started school. I'm taking 26 units. 
26. I'm just kidding. Six. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. No, I'm taking 16 units. Oh, okay. And then one of them is, like, a women's conference. <laughs> so on the spring, I'll update y'all. On how it's going. On how it's going. And it's also, I um, I don't, I haven't planned it all the way. Mm-hmm. With the, cla- with the classmates, but it's gonna be like open to the public. Oh, okay. So if y'all wanna come. It's Long Beach, so I probably won't be there. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but if, if y'all wanna come to the Women's Conference. Yes. Do it. And yeah. Oh, oh, also, I'm gonna band mm-hmm. at Fullerton College for the Day of the Dead. Yes. And I love that day. That day's bomb. College. I've really been nice. to like four year schools whose like Day of the Dead isn't as bomb at, yeah. as like Fullerton College. No, oh, yeah, Fullerton College definitely has one of the best ones. So, I said we said we were gonna be more like national, but we just know of local shit. So, yeah, um, if you're around Fullerton College, come through, come through, or if you can fly out, I mean. <laughs> Hey, if you got that money to fly out. And just check, because sometimes, like, the, the Santana uh, Noche de Altares is around that time. So, I mean, you can fly out for both of them. You can just vacation. That can be your California vacation. That can be, like, a whole month during November <laughs> where you just here all time. Yeah. Yeah, but it's been good. I've been... I was telling Fabi that, like, it took me a while to get, like, a small summary of like to send out to people so they let me bend out their events of like when I do my stuff because it's like I feel like I was always in a supportive role but this time it's like oh it's me and this is like what I do but yeah it's been good I've been like trying to get myself more out there so it's been good it's been good dear thing girl Mm -hmm. you got it yeah that's what I've been up to damn um what have I been up to the job is doing pretty good. It feels nice to be paid more for your labor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> your, what is it? Not academic. Your, um, yeah, like your, your labor. Obviously not like physical labor, like mental labor. <laughs> not emotional labor. No. Okay. Anyway. Um, yeah. So work has been good. Um, everything has been like pretty smooth sailing. I did get a little depressed at the beginning of the month towards the end of the last month i go through these little like things of depression um but i don't know i've kind of just been chilling Ooh, okay so yesterday i went to the catalina wine mixer and um it was a uh, also known as hashtag white fest um <laughs> i was able to <laughs> i was able to let my blonde hair down um and i <laughs> Okay, look, there was a there's a lady singing with a violin and I was like, yes, and it was country music, so I was like, hell yes. And then there was this like like simple plan type. Do you know what simple plan yeah, is? No, oh, simple okay. Plan is. The simple plan like Blink-182 type like band of like old ass people, but they they sang pretty chill music, so I was like, yes, yes, yes. And then there was wine and then there was a lot of like white people there. So I was like, all right, who's ready to be my paper daddy? <laughs> um, apparently I wasn't drunk enough to make it happen uh, but yeah it was pretty cool Catalina Island is really cool and there was actually um, a person that I met uh, so we got off the ferry and he was telling me how there's a lot of like Latinx people living in Catalina like pretty much like he's like yeah like it's really expensive to live here it's like $2,000 for like a one bedroom one bathroom 
Um, and pretty much, like, in order to pay that, like, people literally, like, they'll be your, um, your server during the day, and then they'll fucking, like, be your bartender at night. He's like, you can see multiple people, like, in one day at their different jobs. Damn. Yeah. Or you can see people, like, a person multiple times during your day at different jobs. So that was pretty interesting. Do they do that? So they're like, I live in Catalina, but I don't really live there because I'm working all the time, so I don't get to enjoy it, but I get my address there. No, I mean, I think it's more... I do wonder how mail works. Anyway, um, I think it's more of the whole thing around, like, you know, just, like, Latinx people, like, finding a place for, like to make a living. And sure. this guy had been there for, like, 20-something years. Is this old? It was, like, like Latinx, like, working-class folks, like, older Latinx working-class folks... And he, yeah, he was talking about how he had been there for so many years. And he's like, you know, you have to hold multiple jobs. And I think for them, it's just more of, like, a survival for sure. thing, right? Like, it, I don't think they really find, like, the bouginess of being in Catalina. Mm-hmm. Um, but the city or, like, the little town of Avalon is only, like, a mile. And people live there. And, like, it was uh, bought out by the Ringleys. Uh, like gum company like back in the day they paid $250,000 for the entire island um, and they got to keep 11% of the island and then they they gave 1% to like the general public like tourists and stuff so I was only at the mixer at the event but like it was really nice I'll definitely go back Mm. that was really good I'm telling you I've been a like bougie like wine mujer for two days straight Ooh. And even three more, and I'll be a full white woman. <laughs> oh my god! It's like, oh my god! Look, she got highlights. It's like, no, that's my blonde hair coming in. <laughs> oh my god! Damn, dude. Yeah. So my best friend took me. So shout out to the best friend for that's the trip. So nice. Yeah, once in a lifetime type thing. Cause that shit was pricey. So yeah, dude. Anyway. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't, like, the beer prices weren't, like, ridiculous. It was, like, $7 for a beer. Which I have been to places where it's, like, $15 for a beer. So I yeah. think for it being an island and them having to, like, ship everything in, like, it's pretty good. That's a good. pretty good price. You didn't pregame it? No. Before? <laughs> no, we didn't. I should have. I feel my cheap ass would be, like, I got $5 wine. I'll just <laughs> drink it on the way. I had a bottle of tequila. No, but there were, like... There, yeah, it was interesting. Okay, so is that it, Mujer? Yeah. That's all you got? All right, well, everybody, thank you so much for... No, I'm just kidding. Ah, um, like, this is it. This is all you get for it. us this month. <laughs> <laughs> we're already too uh, lit with the one. No. Um. So I think today we're going to... We're going to talk about just checking in. I think we haven't really done that. I know we do that with our chalice and cheese men. Sometimes the rants go on forever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think just checking in, just we were, we wanted to have we originally we're gonna have an interview with Vixen, um, and we'll talk about that a little bit later for sure. Um, but you know, like this is a good time to check in and just kind of. I was listening to her for first podcast, and so it'll be a good time to reflect. To reflect on it. So take it away, because I always talk. I don't too much. know. I felt like. One of the things that stand up when we do, like, when we did our intro for this podcast, and then when we did, like, our intro episode, was, like, kind of, like, sharing our view on the mainstream immigrant rights movement. And that also includes, to me, like, the inclusion of women within the movement. Mm -hmm. Because I feel sometimes, like, we get pushed aside. Because it, it, like, I feel sometimes people, and I mean, like, I consider to be myself, like, a feminist. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times, 
like you can't be a feminist and be part of this like broader group that has like so many people mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. so that's what i thought when we like when i like sometimes listen to like the intro of this podcast yeah or that like kind of like where is that inclusion of like even radical folks like you get policed yeah like i straight up went to a protest and like i felt policed you know mm-hmm. so it's like okay like how are you being inclusive to different kinds of people and different approaches. Right. If, like, let's say, like, I don't fucking believe talking to politicians all the time is a good thing. <laughs> like, it's not. Yeah. Like, how do you... But a lot of times I feel some organizations don't have a good balance, so they'll just lobby a bunch of, like, politicians, mm-hmm. and they'll make fake promises, and then we get, like, blindsided when community stuff happens. Yeah. So, I'm all, like, I've been, I've been thinking of that... Like, even just, like, because I took a break, a long-ass break from the movement, Mm -hmm. just thinking, like, okay, like, if I were to go back, would it even be good for me to go back Yeah. if I feel like I'm policed or I can't be, like, a feminist because some men's going to get butt hurt? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That's my reflection from one of the things, like... Yeah, I can see that. I mean, I think definitely the use of different tactics is always a good idea. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, sometimes it's not helpful to talk to politicians, but other times, like... Unfortunately, they they are the ones that are in these positions, and, like, talking to them, um, it's not necessarily helpful, but, I mean, it's kind of helpful in a way. Um, my reflections from talking from the first episode, I, yeah, I think we haven't really, I agree with you, we haven't really done a lot of, like, immigrant perspective. I think we've been focused a lot on, like, education, which Mm -hmm. is good, but, um, we do need to focus a little bit more, like, I don't... I don't really think, like, call-out culture is very effective or very, like, helpful, um, or cancel culture, uh, but I definitely think that, like, giving our perspectives, like, actually coming from mujeres that have been on the ground doing this work is helpful. Yeah. So, yeah, we should do that more. We should. And I mean, it's also kind of the thing where... Like, yeah, you're with other people who are oppressed in different ways than you under, like, the fucked up immigration system. Mm -hmm. But then it's also, like, how do people become oppressors to Mm -hmm. other people? Mm -hmm. Because I felt I had a couple of friends in the movement that I was just friends with because Mm -hmm. they were in the movement. Yeah. But if they weren't in the movement, like, I would straight up just, like, not be around them because some of them were just, like, really toxic people. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's, like, like, I think that's what happens when you lump a bunch of people together. Yeah. Like, under one big-ass fucking umbrella. Yeah. And I think, like, for me, there's also, there's also, like, the, do you remember, like, when you kind of say that, I, I remember of that mujer when we were back in Fullerton Dream Team that, like, had to have the fucking, like, I am a dreamer t-shirt. Like, she did not want the I am an ally t-shirt. Yeah. And then so it's, it's that happens a lot in the movement where like I don't know, it's so in in these spaces for people to be undocumented that there's like legit like and I don't think I ever would have had like before the movement, I don't think I would have ever been I, I don't think I would have ever thought that it would say that I would say like this person legit just like tried to pass for an undocumented person. Yeah. And that's really common. Like people 
who like had changed their status or who like were U.S. citizens will try to fake that they're like undocumented to be down to be yeah and then you're like what the fuck or there's people that want like allies mm-hmm. that want space and it's like you're here as an ally yeah you're not here to for you to speak on shit. Like, you're here in a supportive role. Yeah. Like, yeah, I could be an ally to you in another space. Mm-hmm. But not in this space, because you're in an undocumented space. Yeah. But I always, like, just fucking find it weird. Because then there were times where we were like, oh, I would think someone's undocumented. Mm-hmm. And then, some, and like, somebody else would be like, no, they're not. And then you're yeah. like, what the fuck? Like, this whole time. Yeah. I thought they were undocumented. And it just sucks, because then they... It kind of comes down to, like, where are, like, the, like, time and resources going to and to who, per, like, who, who person that actually needs that help yeah. and who's actually just taking up space. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, it's also not to say, like, we're not going to listen to anybody that's not undocumented, but For I sure. think a lot of the times, like, yeah, but it's also, like, why did you think that this person was undocu? Like, did they, did they require, like additional support like emotional physical financial support for you to like legitimately think and that this person was undocu and did they say something to try to pass off as undocu Mm -hmm. so it's yeah i feel like we're gonna get called out for this oh yeah call us out we're out of the movement for a fucking reason (laughs) yeah yeah that's why we're out (laughs) so that being said ocjf has a fundraiser (laughs) now give us money but yeah like i think well, there were a lot of facts for me leaving, mm-hmm. but one of them was, it was just weird when you have to, like, make your way for allies. Yes. And I had an ally that straight up, like, called me for three hours explaining how oh. unprivileged they were. Yeah. Is that? Yeah, we're not saying names here. No, no, no. We'll we get can... our asses sued. But yes. this person called me for three hours to tell me how unprivileged they were. And I was like, yeah, you're unprivileged on certain things. Mm-hmm. But not to the point that somebody else is. Yeah. And then I'm like, dude, I'm a fucking undocumented person giving someone three oh, hours wait, wait, wait. of my time. My my old org would have said that now you're playing Oppression Olympics, okay? Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Continue. <laughs> anyway, like, it's that, that labor, right? Like, okay, here's a U.S. citizen mm-hmm. who was telling me how unprivileged they were. And, yeah, in some extent, like, yeah, you're unprivileged. But then also, like, how do you, like, I call it, like, trauma Olympics. Yeah. And usually the people that do that are the people who, like, straight up haven't, like don't have the, like, have the privilege Mm -hmm. to have resources. Yeah. So it kind of, like, at that point, I was like, hold on, like, I give you three hours of my time, and then this whole time, like, I didn't even speak. They were just, like, talking. Shit. So I was like, okay, like, I'm, like, giving you, like, my time, my labor. Mm -hmm. I didn't have time to, like, make food for school the next day because somebody was, like, trying to tell me how oppressed they were. Like, you know what I mean? And then, like, we're on the receiving role because they think that we are, like, someone that listens and understands. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Yeah, that was, like... (sighs) That was the one time I was, like, really... Yeah. Yeah, dude. It was not good. (laughs) That reminded me of this whole, like, thing from Angie. Angie... What's her last name? From Ask Angie. And uh, she's a she's a mujer from New York, and she was like the immigrant rights movement could have perreo intenso, 
but y'all like what is it like y'all continue or y'all keep putting up like your fucking like little like american flags it's true yeah. we could have some perro intenso we have some pretty good good reggaeton that's some pretty good we could make our own lyrics like chants out of reggaeton and have some perro intenso but no <laughs> we're over here like fucking each other over and yeah. like waving our little american flags yeah and i straight up gone two meetings when they were like hey because the demographic at least in some spaces that i was in it was predominantly mexican Mm -hmm. so they were like hey don't wave around the mexican flag wave around the the u.s flag (laughs) so it doesn't look like it's kind of like the um, the assimilation like to assimilate like hey we're giving up like our fucking nationality or whatever citizenship we have for you like let's wave around like mix like mexican american flags so so that they don't think that we're like trying to change and like that you know like that liberal approach of like oh so you don't think like we've changed or that we're anti-american yeah yeah i mean i think like at some point we've all kind of felt that like i feel like at some point like we've all been like i don't want to go back i have nothing to go back my parents brought me here against my own will Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it's there's definitely always change, folks. Yeah, and I think it's also the approach mm-hmm. we take. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, because I don't. It took me a while to like leave, mm-hmm. but there were definitely red flags, like waving the the like the U.S. flag around and like all that shit. And there were a lot of times where like I was asked by different orgs, like. I was part of a youth group, mm-hmm. and under that youth group, they got asked, like, we, the youth group, got asked to go to a protest, right? Mm-hmm. And they were chanting, like, stuff against Obama, because that dude was, like, the porter-in-chief. Yes. So, um, I was asked by the main org- one of the main organizers to tell her what we were chanting about. And then we were chanting, like, Obama, no, no deportes a mi trans hermana, like, mm-hmm. that shit. Yeah. Because he did deport a lot of fucking people. Like, yes. even if he was a Democrat, he deported a lot of fucking people. So I got asked by this U.S. citizen, brown woman, to tell her what we were chanting about. Mind you, she never fucking asked me if I needed some kind of legal aid. It was hot that day. Mm-hmm. I never fucking got asked if I was okay, yeah. if I was dehydrated. No, she fucking asked me to let her know what the fuck we were chanting about so the white grant writer of that organization could write it on a grant. Like, they wanted to see how they could be affected on getting grants. And then this was an org that wanted to do, like, work in Anaheim. So it's like, wait, hold on. Like, you're telling Anaheim residents... How to fucking protest, how they should fucking act so you get fucking money for your org that Anaheim residents are never gonna fucking see. Yeah. Like, it was just, like, I got tokenized. And at that time, I was, like, 18. So, yeah. <laughs> so I didn't know how how the world was and how fucked up it could be. Yeah. So, I told them, but then I'm, like, now in hindsight, I'm, like, okay, like, this U.S. citizen was, like, trying to police what I was doing. So, a white person who's a grant writer and gets more money in the organization than that mm-hmm. brown woman would get more money. Yeah. Because the grant writers are the ones that have, like, a secure job in an org. Like, yes. if they don't get, if they don't get a certain kind of grant, like, fucking grant money, mm-hmm. they'll, ha- they'll, like, fire organizers. They won't fire their fucking grant writers. Yeah. So it was to secure the jobs of white people in an org. 
at yes. the end of the day. Yeah. And I was like, <sighs> it's also like when an immigrant rights organization has a citizen executive director. And then you're like, ah, ah, ah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying, like, don't hire citizens, but I'm saying, like, go with your values and actually hire the fucking people that you're saying that you're working for. Yeah. Because there's a lot of people that do bum-ass work that never get paid for it. Yes. And there's a lot of undocumented people that, because of their status, like, they're not able to find employment. And they do volunteer a lot of their time to benefit these fucking, like, executive directors or that are from these big-ass organizations that are just making shit ton of money, and they just come out for the press conferences. Oh, yeah. They look pretty for that. Yep. But it's just, hey. I don't think I'll ever really go back to nonprofits unless if I have to, because I'm broke, and Trump took my DACA, and that's the only thing I can, like, work on. But I, since that time, like, I haven't been to an org yeah and also when i pass by that org i like i just get mad like i pass by the fucking building and i'm like i'm just mad out of nowhere why am i mad oh there's a fucking building okay that's why i'm mad shit yeah because i used to do like i don't have a car so Mm -hmm. when i would go to meetings i would straight up bus it so i would bus it everywhere Uh, there were times where like i wouldn't fucking eat because i was going from meeting to meeting and i didn't have like either the time or money to eat because for a while like i wasn't getting paid for organizing Mm -hmm. or working campaigns of anything so i was like okay like i'm like accommodating my schedule yeah to do this i'm fucking starving and then somebody else who's like either a u.s citizen or a white u.s citizen Mm -hmm. fucking gets paid yeah like you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and that happens to a lot of people like the people who should be doing the groundwork and putting in the work like don't get paid yeah no definitely do you hear that it's like rocking sorry that definitely that is um yeah that happens way too often mm. i know i think my na- my neighbors upstairs are moving furniture all right oh, sorry yeah. well. no, okay. i was like what is that somebody's listening to rock and roll like, no, it's just furniture. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, no, that definitely happens in a lot of spaces. And, you know, there's also... <laughs> I don't know how you feel about this. Okay, there's also times where people are so woke that, like, nobody can be woke up to their level. <laughs> Woker than them? <laughs> yeah. Whereas, like, you can't, you can't do this because it's not down. Because, mm-hmm. you know, like... You're helping, like, I don't know, like, capitalism. So, like, right yeah. now that we both have, like, not, like, for-profit jobs, or we look, we work for for-profit. Well, we don't know those people shit. Um, yeah, yeah. I think it's that. <laughs> I think for me, like, that was, that was the thing that, you know, always, like, ate me up was the fact that nobody can be more down than you. Like, you, like, this person or these people, not necessarily just one person, are so fucking woke that, like, you move a finger and they're, like that's not, like, that's not okay, you're oppressing. I mean, it's understanding when you are, right? But then there's also, like, you can't do shit because it's not down. Yeah. And, I mean, that also comes to, like, critiquing people on what they wear. Yes! And the knowledge that they have. So, there's times where, like, people, I mean, like, they call it, like, knowledge flexing, Mm -hmm. I would say. When they would, like, you would be at events and they'll be like, I know, 
about the fucking conquest of bread and all about the Spanish Civil War. Mm -hmm. But you're supposed to be in an autonomous space, Mm -hmm. in a non-hierarchical space, where you're, like, just sharing information. And there's a big-ass fucking difference Mm -hmm. between just being like, hey, I know this. What do you know? Oh, I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. Instead of, like, I know this, 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 and that, and I went to so-and-so school. Yeah. And I hated that. Like, because after leaving, um, like, mainstream organizing, I went to, like, more linear mm-hmm. spaces, and it was still the same fucking shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was still the same fucking shit. You would just get fucking asked about shit that white European men wrote in the 1800s. Yes. And then you're just like, what the fuck? Like, like I don't mind being asked and be like, hey, what do you know? Do you know this? But in, like that way instead of being like how come you don't fucking know this 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 and that yeah by people who had like privilege i also like i just like last some that school semester i had and i also had the privilege because i go to school so i get the evaluations for free Mm -hmm. so i was able to get like a free evaluation for dyslexia so before that it was really hard to read because, like, reading was always hostile to me. Because just, like, the way the school system fucked it up for me. So it was always really hard for me to, like, read. Because it takes me a long-ass fucking time yeah. to read shit. Like, I literally have to have accommodations to have, like, a program read books to me. Because mm-hmm. then I'm, like, I can't read as fast as, like, some of my other classmates. So it would suck when people... I would be in spaces when people would expect me to know all this shit. Mm-hmm. And then I felt I couldn't be, like hey, I have dyslexia because I didn't have the fucking paper that said so. Mm -hmm. So then it was, like, kind of, like, okay, like, you did have the privilege to, like, read fucking fast, read all this shit, have access to all those books, because, like, if you have access, like, I have access to fucking databases because I'm a college student. Yeah. So I can look up shit. Mm -hmm. Other people don't. And then you're in that fucking space when you're like, you don't fucking know this. You don't know shit. (laughs) Like, so then it, like... I just, I just left bitter from both spaces. Yeah. Yeah. Bitter. What is it? Forever bitter? Forever bitter, dude. Forever bitter. But yeah, like, it was, it's just toxic. It's honestly really toxic, especially when you leave your guard down in certain spaces. Yeah. Because then you're like, I'm safe here. Oh my god. Then you're like, no, never mind. Never mind. Grad's coming up. (laughs) Grad's coming up. (laughs) Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. But, yeah, it's, like... Damn. Damn. People not acknowledging their privilege. And just making other people feel like shit. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and that goes... I mean, that goes in any space. I don't think it's just reserved for, like, immigrant rights spaces. Yeah. But, yeah, that pretty much goes for any space. And it just kind of sucks. Like, honestly. Yeah. It does. I do want to make the dude that wrote the Conquest of Red Pants, if you want to hit me up for... I can't never say his name right. It's like Kerpunkin. It's a Russian name. Kerpunkin. He looks like a grandpa with a beard. That's... <laughs> it's like a Santa. I'm just kidding. It's like a Santa. <laughs> okay, shit like that. He looks like Santa. A white Santa. A white Santa. But yeah, and I think another thing is like that we were talking about was like the yeah. mommying. Yes. So actually, I was listening back to our first episode, and I was, you know, I was kind of looking into, and I think this kind of changes the topic, not completely, Mm. but a little bit, 
where I did want to touch at least for a little bit about or a little bit on relationships or like navigating relationships as mujeres of color um and just kind of like you know like I've been reading a lot of books about like trauma I've been reading a lot of books about sexuality I've been reading a lot of books about um just like you know like or a lot of I've been doing like what is it a uh, future self journaling too mm-hmm. which you know here's a plug um it's definitely been super helpful for me I have my little sister doing it too uh there's this lady on Instagram so I'm doing Instagram like mental health <laughs> shit because uh, I had a therapist and then like I I didn't go for some time uh so I gotta go back but you do like uh, future self journaling where you're kind of talking about you're talking about yourself and it's all about yourself and I use the time during my day to write things down there's a couple questions in there like including affirmations I'm also reading a book called unfuck yourself uh, by something bishop um and he's an Irish man so I have it as an audiobook so if you want to listen to it I can give you my like audible Yay. that's just for Lupita I'm sorry I can't give my audible out to everybody uh, but it's a it's a book by Gary John Bishop, and it's actually um, it talks about. So it, there's different ways to mental health, and obviously, like I'm not a mental health specialist. Please do not, you know, like, <laughs> you know, like research on your own. This is just kind of the stuff that's working for me. Um, so he talks a lot about like self talk. Um, he he doesn't really like affirmations, um, but you know, like I think for me at least, like affirma- affirmations are very um, important. Just because I'm the type of person, and I've been figuring this out like little by little. Um, I am the type of person that needs them. I'm the type of person that you know, like wants like verbal. Um, I forgot what it's called, but it's kind of like you know, like I'm the type of person that wants like verbal cues the ones like verbal affirmations I prefer that over like gifts and touch uh, and stuff like that so um going back to my rant or going back from my rant uh it was you know there's there's a lot of mental health that mujeres need um because a lot of the times like in our relationships like our previous trauma and even the trauma before that like that our our mothers went through when they were carrying us in their womb was actually passed down to us so I'm also reading this other book that's called It Didn't Start With You, um, and it's really, really good. I should have had this on hand. I didn't think I was going to talk about it, to be <laughs> honest. Um, so it's a book that talks about, you know, like how family trauma is passed down through generations. And like if, you're, if your mom went through trauma while she was born with you or while she was pregnant with you, then a lot of that trauma gets passed down to you. And one of the examples that they used was that there was this mom, uh, or there was this guy whose mom was pregnant with him. Um, um, and so there, there's this mom that was really sad because her, uh, her brother passed away, like he drowned in a lake. And so this girl, or guy, I really don't remember, uh, but it was this person uh, was always afraid of drowning in lakes. And they didn't understand why until it came up in conversation that the mom you know went through a grieving period because of that and so he kind of understood a little bit as to why um you know like he or they were uh they were afraid of of swimming in a lake because they were gonna drown and so part of the book talks about how it's like the x chromosome that carries a lot of that 
uh, genetic like information down to children and it can affect up to three generations so oh, I thought that, was, that part was pretty interesting um, and so it's a lot of self-care I remember going back to our very first podcast and talking about how that was going to be a priority for me and how I wanted to make sure that I was taking care of myself because I had been going through like a breakup and it, it was just something that wasn't really like healthy for myself and I had taken up exercise which I was doing really well until I started a new job and then I started lagging it <laughs> so I gained I gained most of the weight back and I'm really tired all the time so exercise yeah but yeah I don't know what you gotta say on it because I already talked a lot I don't know I feel like going back on the mommy thing mm-hmm. it's kind of like yeah so I was so I got recruited to organize by, um, like, they identified as men. Mm-hmm. So um, this dude recruited me when I was, like, 18. And it was, I always thought it was weird how people thought we were going out. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not saying that dude's name because I don't want to get sued. Again, don't sue me. <laughs> I didn't say no one's name. But this person, like, recruited me when I was, like, 18. And, um... People always thought we were going out, and I always thought it was fucking weird how people thought we were going out. Because I was like, to me... It kind of did look like... Yeah, it did, but to me, I was like, this dude is, like, my friend. Because I always, like, think, like, you could be friends at at that point. Not anymore. At that point, I thought you could be, like, really good friends with men. Like... I was 18, y'all. They 18, always fucked up somehow. 18. <laughs> but I was 18, and I was like, yeah, I could be really, really good friends with this dude. Like, I knew all his family. Mm-hmm. And that was probably, like, another reason why people would think we were going out. Because then I would be like, oh, your sister said that, or this. And then people think we were going out. But then, I, like, in hindsight, like, I noticed that, like, I was being, like, friends with someone. And then that person was just taking, like, my emotional labor away from me. Yeah. Kinda. Well, yeah, they were. They weren't kinda. They were. And then we opened up, like, a clothing brand together, and, like, that went, like, that went bad really fast, and it was because of, like, his verbal abuse, because he was, like, really verbally abusive towards me, and it's, like, those things where I I was, like, okay, this dude didn't, because I grew up thinking, like, okay, if someone doesn't hit you, yeah, or physically, like, forcefully touches you and that's how you know it's abuse like that's what I grew up thinking was abuse and then I like I felt like I still felt uncomfortable around this person especially towards like the end of our friendship Mm -hmm. because like he was just verbally abusive like he would raise his boys I would be made to feel like I was shit like I didn't know what I was doing with the clothing brand and then it was dumb shit because he would try to like micromanage and then he'll just hit me up and say like, hey, I need you to order a certain amount of shirts and I need you to make an invoice. And then I'll be like, first of all, he micromanaged, <laughs> yeah, he micromanaged enough so that I didn't know how to make an invoice and I didn't have the password for the wholesale license. So he was like, oh my God, you need to do it. And I was like, how do you, like, how do you get clients and then don't handle yeah like if those are your clients so like that happened and then like after a while like I just fucking left (laughs) like it took I was friends with this person for five years so like five years of emotional labor 
And then my dumbass thinking that you could be friends with men, like super best friends with men, and then that happened. And then it was fucking weird because like still to this day people ask me about the clothing brand and shit and I'm like, no dude, like I'm not part of it. I'm doing like my button stuff. But it's just been like thinking about it afterwards, like just thinking of the verbal abuse and how I felt I had to like mother someone. Yeah. In the movement. And you know, like, and I don't want to like bring it down to like the micro ways that people could be oppressed. Yeah. But this was like a cis head, brown men mm-hmm. that was like treating an undocumented brown woman like shit. And at that point, I was a woman. I'm a day now. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I was being treated like shit. I still made less money than him. Mm-hmm. And, like, I was being treated like shit. I was always expected to, like, buy stuff when we were going out. So I'm just like... <sighs> and I was also, like... I made excuses from himself because he was, like, barely verbally abusive towards other people. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like, you know who you are. He was. Yeah. And you know who he was. And, you know. I just can't say <laughs> If names. you kicked it with Fullerton Dream Team, you know who oh. I'm talking about. Oh, now she's getting more specific. Yeah, you know who I'm talking about. And, like, I was just used for, like, fucking money and, like, fucking emotional abuse. And slash, like, take care of all the shit that I don't want to, like, carry on. And then he was verbally abusive to other people. And I'd be like, you're just passionate. <laughs> like, yo, you're just being passionate. Because I was, like, so caught up in, okay, this is, like, my brother in the struggle. Mm-hmm. So I need to have their back. You know? Yeah, I can see that. And then, like, because we were, like, a really tight-knit group. Yeah. So then I was like, oh, this is my brother in the struggle. Like, okay. And then I was like, okay, like, no, you're just verbally abusive. And he was even, like, he was not just verbally abusive to women. He was verbally abusive to men, too. So I'm all like, fuck this. So I left, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was my mommying. I don't even think my kids are gonna get that kind of mommying. Yeah. Because fuck that. I mean, the movement makes you um, realize a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I think, you know... I, I went through a lot of shit in the movement, too. I've kind of, like, wanted to put a lot of that stuff behind me now. It's like I still, you know, talk about it with the the people that are closest to me just because, like... I know that they'll call me out on my bullshit, but then at the same time, they understand because they were there. So I'm not even giving movement people a second thought anymore. I'm just like, you know, like, life will come back and get you. I think for me, yeah, the momming thing, um, I think that kind of manifests itself in, like, different ways, right? Like, for example, um, it can be even, like, within the movement. It can be at home. Uh, when you're not the one that is in that role, but at the same time, like, we gotta look into the different responsibilities that we're giving our mothers, and that we're giving the women in our lives, and how much they actually have to take care of us, and then it can manifest itself in relationships, too, right? Like, for example, you know, um, I've had different types of partners in my life, uh, two of which have been, uh, the ones that I've had longer relationships with. Um, one of them, you know, mothering was in a way where I would take him, I would drive to his house after work and, cause you know, he, uh, hadn't eaten, he was a little, uh, too proud to ask, you know, his mom for help or ask anybody for help. He wouldn't just take any job. Um, and so it, mothering in that sense was, you know, going over to his house and getting food and making sure that he was fed. 
And I think like sometimes that felt a lot like a financial uh, responsibility, right? And and it was mothering in, in the way of financial responsibility for somebody else. Um, where, you know, the, the other partner that I had uh, after him that was also a little bit more long-term, like he had it down. I never really had to do anything for him. I never really had to, um, you know, take care of him financially of anything. Like he would pay for dinner sometimes and, you know, like he would, he would hold it down. But it was more of like, you know, like it was a lot of of like trying to have him feel like he was capable of doing things which was a little hard and you know like a lot of the times it was mothering in the way where I had to put my own feelings aside um like for example if I got a new job like he would be happy for me but then it would always be like you know like I'm never gonna leave this job I'm not gonna get into law school I'm not gonna do this I'm not gonna do that so instead of being happy for the accomplishments that I had and helping me celebrate them it would look a lot like you know like me having to stop celebrating so that I could hold him when he needed to it was also a lot of you know like I think one of the things that I remember from that relationship that maybe isn't so connected with mothering but is more connected with like a mujer role in a relationship was the fact that you know a couple times he kind of said you know like I'm holding you back like you know where you want to get you know what your goals are and I feel like I'm holding you which you know was was good for him to tell me but at the same time like for me I expected him to to get on my level like professionally right like there were also you know this whole thing around like mothering and being told that I'm too old to have children at this point or that I need to hurry up or like me voy a quedar a vestir santos or anything like that um and so I think like during that relationship like that got to me a lot uh where I felt like I was getting too old I wasn't moving fast enough in terms of like having a family and I think like that might have scared him off at some point I mean I guess like thankfully it was never him that uh, made me feel that way or that would tell me that but I think it was like my idea of thinking that I was getting too old that kind of scared him off and made him think at one point that you know like I wanted more from that relationship at that point in time than I actually wanted so, you know, after, like, those two relationships or, like, long-term relationships, because there were many relationships in the middle, um, I took a little bit more to learn self-healing and I took a little bit more uh, to learn things about myself and I didn't want to be seen as the, the organizer, not as the partner, not as the sister, not as the daughter, um, or anything really that requires that I fully take care of somebody else, but more something that requires that I fully take care of myself. Um, and so through that journey, I've been learning a lot about attachment styles. I've been learning a lot about, you know, different things that make me. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, uh, with the future, future self journaling, I... Uh, the person her name is the holistic psychologist and she's really good she has a lot of like meditations too um you know like a inner child meditations and so i've been learning more about getting through trauma i've been learning more about um 
learning to take care of myself I've been learning more about anything really that makes me myself and I gotta get back with my therapist and keep working because the other thing too with mothering the other thing too that comes with the the territory of being a woman identifying person is just taking care of everybody else and nobody really is there to take care of us But the flip side of it is being able to have people to hold your back. Um, and so, you know, I have this really awesome friend that I just reconnected with um, recently who, you know, we when he comes back into town, like we connect and we talk and, you know, like we hang out and he's called me out on my bullshit too, right? Like, it's hard to try to mother him, which I don't know if I've ever tried. I hope not. Um, you know, like, homie, if I ever have, like, let me know. Uh, but what he did tell me was that I tend to be a little controlling. Um, and so he was like, you know, like, we, we had this conversation about something that is going on, like, in my family. And he was kind of like, you know, you're really controlling, right? Like, and I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, like, you tend to, like, want to control, um, you know, situations, and sometimes you kind of just gotta let go, so I think that's also part of a, like, a self-care thing, is listening to other folks, uh, yes, even if they're men, and he's probably rolling his eyes, um, but, you know, like, allowing folks to, um, help you, allowing folks to, um, you know, like, call you out on your stuff, and, um, you know, just having them there, so, you know, uh, congrats on, your interview homie i asked him if he wanted me to give him a shout out and he said yeah and to show like send him good vibes so what is out there i know it's a man uh but good vibes on your plants for this coming week and you know yeah so good to have men that acknowledge their privilege um which i've only like found one that would yeah, be my yeah. little brother um i mean yeah like every guy i've talked to dated has not necessarily like acknowledged the privilege that they have and i remember (laughs) that this dude i made a meme that it was like the pikachu meme i don't think i don't know if you ever saw it but it was like (laughs) but it was like a pikachu meme like the one with the little like open mouth and it was like mujeres um men are trash and then it was like woke men yes they are and it's like mujeres all men are trash and woke men were like the little pikachu with their mouth open yeah i like that man i'll send it to you that uh got somebody not pissed he said he was fine with it until like a fight down this like down down the road or like afterwards and then it got brought up and like oh so you are trash and that's why you get pissed about it. <laughs> but yeah, I remember talking to this person and I was like, men are trash. And he was like, yes, they are. And I was like, you know you're a man, right? Um, but yeah, relationships are hard to handle. Relationships yeah. as, a, as a person of color, as a woman of color, um, or a woman identifying person, or a gender non-conforming person. Anybody really that does not identify as a man. And I think it's because they just hold a lot of privilege, right? And they don't understand the privilege that they have. Yeah. So that was my whole spiel around relationships. Ah, dude, it sucks. 
Oh my god. No, there's times where I see like really young organizers and I'm like, run girl, run, <laughs> run. You want to grab them and like <laughs> take, like, take them with you? Slap them. Then you're like, uh, but then it's, it's, it's hard to navigate, like. Navigating? Yeah. Like navigating, like how, how to tell someone that who they're hanging out is problematic. Yeah. Especially cause like some of them are that age. Like, when I was 18. Like, when I was 18, too. So, mm-hmm. I was like, eh. Yeah. Like, because I felt like when I was 18, if somebody was to tell me about that person, I'd be like, nah, dude, you're fucking lying, you yeah. know? So, it's like, like, that. that's my struggle, because I, I have a friend that I would want to tell them stuff, but then I'm all like, uh. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. No, I get it. Okay. Do we want to talk about our interview with Vixen? So, we were supposed to have an interview with Vixen, but I think we're going to get it next month. Mm-hmm. So, we'll, we'll keep you updated. So, tune in. Uh, Vixen, do you want to talk about them or just have them introduce themselves? Yeah, yeah I think we'll just have them introduce themselves. themselves. So, but yeah, next episode or next month, we're actually going to have our very first Mujeres Woo! on a Mission interview. Um, and I think it's going to be amazing. We're, like, drafting everything up. I think it's going to be pretty cool. So, definitely tune in. Thank you so much for listening to our rant about men and yes. organizing and all the, uh, tea, I feel like, all some the of tea this. tea and know how to walk away. Know how to walk away. Yes. And don't, don't date men babies. Okay. Um, yeah. So, thank you so much, everybody, for listening to Mujeres on a Mission. This is our mini-sode we're hoping it was less than an hour um and yeah if you have any questions please feel free to send it to us through social media at mujeres with an x on a mission uh we have a twitter and instagram we don't do facebook yeah the website don't even ask me about the website it'll eventually happen you'll just know at some point in our life um But yeah, thank you so much, everybody, for listening to Mujeres on a Mission. We hope you join us in our next episode. And have an amazing day. Love you. Y conquistar mi vida